to Bovine Banter with the Penn State Extension Dairy Team. My name is Lisa Holden, and I'm an Associate Professor of Dairy Science. I am joined today by dairy producer Alan Bear from Willow Bear Farms and Linda Fetzer, a Penn State Extension Associate working in the Agricultural Safety and Health area. We will begin today with Alan Bear, who has a personal story from his farm to share. Alan, can you please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your dairy? Yes, morning, everyone. So we have a dairy farm in the Spruce Creek Valley, uh, central Pennsylvania here. We are a family farm milking around a thousand cows. And then, you know, we grow our forage that we need for the cows as well. And we have about 25 plus, you know, really great people that help take care of things and make everything happen. Thanks, Alan. We all know that farm accidents can happen very quickly sometimes. And you had a hand injury while you were working with some equipment. Can you tell us what happened to you? I can. So April 27th of 2020. So it's been about two years now. Well, I guess it was 21. Excuse me. It's about two years. We were getting ready to chop some rye. So we had some cover crop came off there at the end of uh, April. I had mowed about 100 acres of rye down. We were getting our chopper ready, and I noticed it had a hydraulic leak on part of the machine. So, of course, we're trying to diagnose where is this hydraulic leak, and it's way up in underneath the cab of the machine. And I get my dad over, and I said to my dad, I said, hit the button. I want to see where that leak is at. And I just can't see it. Um, so about 15 lines up in underneath the cab. So I grab some of the lines and pull them away. And I said to my dad, hit the button again so I can see where this, which hose is leaking. And when he hit the button, apparently my thumb was too close to where the broken line was. And it actually injected hydraulic oil into my thumb. So I ended up with a high pressure injection of hydraulic fluid. It was very painful from the beginning. I knew something was wrong. So I basically drove myself right to the ER, local town, about 15 miles away. And uh, so I'm sitting in the ER, I Google search high pressure hydraulic injection. And I realized that, oh man, this is pretty serious. I tell the nurse that what I did and he looks at me and he says, oh shit, you have to go to surgery now. So they took it very seriously, and I was. Within six hours, I was in surgery um, to get the oil basically out of my hand. So hydraulic lines are under a lot of pressure, and a little pinhole was enough that it basically shot oil into my thumb, which your body reacts as this is a poison, so it begins to swell. So my thumb basically was, well, I guess my whole hand swelled up to about twice the size of normal within an hour. And the only thing you can do is try and get the oil out. So I had a surgery of my thumb. First one was to basically drain the oil out and they cut another part of my palm out, opened it up and drained the oil. So I thought, okay, all right, that's it. We're good. Gonna wait and see what happens. Well, about a week later, my hand started swelling up some more, went back to the ER and realized that it just got worse. My my fingers ended up swelling up like kibasi sausages. I mean, it was bad. 
So long story short there, I ended up spending a week in the hospital with infections. So not only did I inject hydraulic fluid into my thumb, but I injected who knows what else. You know, obviously my hands were not clean when this happened. So I injected bacteria in, so I was on antibiotics every three hours. And that was a kind of a hard, tough place to be is in a hospital for a week, right when you're trying to take off cover crop, you're trying to plant corn. As we all know, spring is a super busy time of the year. And here I am laid up in a hospital. Um, all told, it took about five surgeries to work on my thumb. My last one was actually a year ago in February where I guess I should tell you that hydraulic fluid basically destroyed all of my tissue from my thumb pad where the finger, where your finger pad is down to the first joint. They had to basically try and restore all of that tissue. So my last surgery in February was sewing my hand into my groin, my thumb into my groin for about six weeks. I'll tell you, that was kind of an interesting surgery, you know, not being able to use a right arm for about a month and a half. But all told, that was my story. Never would have thought that hydraulic fluid could cause as much damage as it did. Alan, that's quite a story. Um, certainly, thank you for sharing those details. Hopefully, we can prevent someone else from having that same thing happen. Um, right now, mobility um able to do everything where are you at so as most farming accidents go no i'm never going to be a hundred percent um like i said where the you're basically you know when you do a fingerprint of my thumb i lost all of that like fatty tissue there so it is very difficult for me to well i can write i can hold a pen but things today are definitely changed. I'm going to have to adapt. I can't take a nut into my finger and thumb anymore and like screw it onto a bolt. So I've lost some of the fine motor skills that I was used to. And as we all know, when you think about a tractor nowadays, pretty much everything you do is on your right hand side. So if you think about a forage harvester, or I guess a combine also, there's a lot of buttons you need to push with that right hand thumb. I'm a little bit less mobile today because of that and so i'm gonna have to adapt and learn new ways to try and handle that understandable so accidents certainly are unexpected but they're also preventable or can be preventable looking back now with hindsight what might you have done differently to prevent that injury so we all look back on things and say what can we do different i agree and one of the things that I try and tell folks nowadays is we just need to slow down, step back and think about what we're doing. And that is so hard to do because we all get caught up in that moment that we just have to get this done because, you know, it's time to go. And But the reality is with something like this, I probably should have used some cardboard, shoved some of the cardboard like in between hoses and then asked my dad to push a button and see where that leak was. That way, no part of my body would have been near it. And you cut the cardboard, that's nah, no big deal. But hide science 2020. Absolutely. Thanks. So 
since your accident, have you made any changes at your dairy to protect people from injuries? So everyone's heard my story, um, which is one of the things I try and talk with people about is, okay, let's slow down, think about what we're doing. Um, I think everyone now is more aware of hydraulic fluid and the dangers that that poses. And it's one of those things that around the dairy, if you're, and especially if you farm ground, you're around this all the time and nobody really thinks about what can happen. But one of the things we've done is we have a lot of Hispanic employees as well. And so our herdsman, Pete Posnett, he has started to develop more training based on safety. So like skid loader safety, some animal safety. And so we're starting to think about that more as to what do we need to teach our guys and to think about what they're doing and how they can be a little more safe about it because yeah, nobody wants to be in a hospital and have something like I had. Absolutely. Well, it sounds like you've, you've been very proactive then. Do you have a final takeaway message to share with our listeners? I think we all just have to step back and when something bad happens, step back, slow down and think, think about what you're doing because it only takes like two seconds. And that's like all it took me was one little push of a button with a hand too close. And there I was two years, basically laid up, not be able to do a whole lot, at least for the first year. And uh, so slow down, think about what you're doing and, try and be safe. Well, thanks, Alan, for taking time to share your experience, um, talking with other farmers about safety and injury prevention. It's such an important topic. Um, we will now hear from Linda Fetzer, who works with a number of different programs that are aimed at protecting people on the farm. So Linda, can you please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what your role is at Penn State? Thank you, Lisa, for this opportunity. I'm an extension associate in Penn State's Department of Agricultural and Biological Engineering, and I've worked in the area of ag safety and health and wellness for over 20 years. I have the privilege of working on projects related to youth ag safety, worker protection standard, agribility, and providing ag safety and health information throughout the state and with others across the country. Thanks, Linda. Your team compiles information about farm injuries and fatalities. Can you share a little bit of that recent information with us? Sure. Agriculture is one of the most dangerous occupation, and it also involves two age groups, children and older adults working on the farm that are not present in other industries. For our, re for our fatality report, we use three sources of data, including death certificates from the state of Pennsylvania, media reports, of ag-related fatalities and ag injury news, and then we kind of cross-check those for duplications and non-farming incidents. We're still compiling the numbers for 2022, but in 2021, there were 16 farm and ag-related fatalities. 37% of those were results of tractors running over operators or overturning onto the operator. That 2021 report suggests that the very young and older adults may be at a higher risk of fatal incidents, which is similar to previous years. And interesting, all fatalities under the age of five were from the Anabaptist population. The number of fatalities in 2021 did drop from previous year, and there's no explanation at this time, but 
the data we, we rely on is not perfect and some cases have been missed, I'm sure. Time will tell if there is a significant decrease um, as we look at the numbers in the coming years. Well, hopefully that's the case, certainly. Hopefully. We wanna see those decreases. So what areas of the farm are at highest risk? Well, four out of five older adults died because of tractor-related incidents. Tractor and machinery on the farm can result in a variety of incidents, including power takeoff entanglements, rollovers, runovers, and mechanical hazards like pinch points. There were three fatalities for children under the age of four in 2021. It is difficult for this age group to understand hazards and cause and effects, so it's extremely important that children are supervised and that they have a safe play area on the farm that's away from tractor and machinery. This is especially important because it's difficult for an operator to see a child behind them when they're in the tractor or a skid loader because of the size of the child and the reduced visibility that the operator has when they're sitting in the operator seat. Great, great message there. Um, so what other things can dairy farmers in particular do to protect themselves and their people and their families? Dairy farms depend on consistent, timely milking and feeding routines, so any disruption in the operation can have severe impacts on cow health and production. I will say this theme a couple times today, that safety is good for business. Worker safety, safe equipment, safety protocols are good for your farm. Tractor and machinery safety is a primary safety topic for most farms. Before spring planning is in full spring, take time to get your equipment in good working condition and make sure that the PTO shields are in place and replace faded SMV emblems. If a PTO shield is cracked, this is a great time to replace it. Take time to train your workers, especially if you have new pieces of equipment or new workers. But safety reminders throughout the year help emphasize the importance of safety. This is also a good time of year to check your fire extinguishers and replenish those first aid kits. Also talk to your workers about doing pre-operational checks before using equipment each day. This could save your operation a costly equipment repair or downtime by checking fluid levels and pressures before even heading to the field. If you have youth workers on your farm, give them age appropriate tasks. Just because a youth is a certain age doesn't mean that they are mature enough to safely do the job. In addition to tractors and machinery, you also need to have some animal safety practices in place that address moving animals and having escape routes if necessary. Be patient and move slowly when working around animals and always wash your hands after working around those animals. Um, finally, farms, farming is stressful. Stress can be both good and bad, and we all react to stress in different ways. Some of us tend to have a more physical response like headaches or muscle tension, and some have emotional response like anxiety. Take care of yourself and those around you is so important. So what can you do? Be aware, add some coping strategies, find somebody to talk with, get some exercise, get good sleep, eat healthy, take time to reflect each day. I'm not saying these things are always easy, but we need to take care of ourselves. Thanks, Linda. Great information. Are there some specific resources and educational programs that are available to help focus on safety for our farms? 
We have a couple of activities going on right now. Um, the first is the National Safe Tractor and Machinery Operations Program, and that was developed to provide the necessary training for 14 and 15-year-old youth to obtain their U.S. Department of Labor certification so that those youth can work off their family farm. This program teaches instructors and provides them with training materials to deliver the training for youth across the country. We also have in Pennsylvania the ROPS Rebate Program, which is partially funded by a grant through the Pennsylvania Department of Community and Economic Development. The rebate is for those people in Pennsylvania who are a resident or own farmland and use the retrofitted tractor for ag purposes in the state. The rebate covers 70% of the cost of purchasing and installing a ROPS or a rollover protection structure, the kit, the shipping, and the installation. There's a $500 out-of-pocket cap for the kits, and rebates are available on a first-come, first-served basis. Agribility is a project through the U.S. Department of Agriculture that works with farmers, farm workers, and farm family members who have a disability or long-term health condition that impacts their ability to complete farm tasks. Agribility does not have funds for assistive technology or modifications, but we work very closely with farm families to identify potential funding sources through state organization like the Pennsylvania Office of Vocational Rehabilitation or through organizations who specialize in mini grants or low interest loans like the Pennsylvania Assistive Technology Foundation. Our ag safety program has several demonstrations and simulators along with educational material and we work closely with ed extension educators for use in their counties. Thanks, Linda. Do you have a final takeaway message that you would like to share with our listeners? I just want to emphasize again that safety is good for business. Protecting you and your workers is good for your farm operation. If there is an incident, it may result in downtime because a piece of equipment is out of commission, a worker is injured and can't work, or worse, a fatality. So it is better to be proactive than reactive. Proactive steps include training your workers, emphasizing safety on your farm, and making sure equipment is in good working condition. Make sure PTO shields are in place, and if they are cracked, then replace them. If you have grain bins on your farm, use lockout tagout, which is really the best way to secure that power source if somebody absolutely needs to enter a grain bin. If you have youth workers, train them assign them age-appropriate tasks, supervise them, check in with them throughout the day. If you have children at the farm that are young, have a supervised play area for them from away from moving equipment. And remember, no riders on lawnmowers and tractors. The rule is if there is one seat, then there should only be one person on the tractor or mower. Build a safety of culture on your farm because the safety of you, your family, and your workers is good for business. Alan and Linda, thank you both very much for taking time today to share some great safety information. This podcast is the last one in our safety series, but please join us again for our next Bovine Banter series.